Toku Secrets is a podcast run by the Anime Secrets website. Check us out at AnimeSecrets.org for more anime, video game, tokusatsu content. Remember to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts today. Tokusatsu, taking the form of many shows including Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, and Metal Heroes. And today, a group of fans come together to review it for you as Toku Secrets. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Toku Secrets Podcast presented by AnimeSecrets.org. I'm your host, Boken Silver, Nathan Desai, and today... We are wrapping up Gridman as we take a look at the final nine episodes of the series, 31 through 39. We once again got the whole crew on for this, and we got a lot to talk about, so uh, I'm going to let the guys uh, go ahead and introduce themselves. Go ahead, guys. Shaking Red here. Rizwan Gokai Red here. And Anthony Kuyu Green. All right. Uh, now, before um, we get started on uh, this podcast, uh, we're actually going to be uh, doing. Uh, we're going to be starting off with uh, just uh, kind of a roundup of uh, some interesting comments that we got on our videos. We want to give. Uh, we want to just kind of give uh, the people who uh, take the time to watch and comment. Uh, just give them their time. Uh, we'll do this uh, for every video in case. Um, in case you know some interesting comments that have popped up. So. Uh, to start off, uh, this was left on our uh, Jetman in-game video uh, from uh, the user's name is uh, Double Plus Good. Um, so to read this comment, uh, quote, I wonder if you guys have the intention to watch the current season of Super Sentai Don Brothers. Uh, keep in mind, uh, this was uh, posted before King Oger started airing uh, those listening. Um, which is written by the same writer of Jetman, Toshiki Inoue, to see if there was any difference or improvement in his style of writing after over 30 years or not. From what I've seen, it it has been dealing with the same issues as Jetman, such as slow pacing, wasted potential villains, and meaningless filler episodes, but in my own and many people's opinions, it still has been considered to be one of the best Sentai seasons of all time because it has a lot of unique things that you will never see in any season you guys review it one day unquote uh so double plus good uh we do intend to uh look at dom brothers soon um we've heard some really good things about it uh we're hoping to uh i mean we're hoping to review some more current stuff at some point we were planning to uh, take a look at uh at um uh what was it uh zen kaiser yeah very soon. yeah i'm i'm on the zen kaiser hype train i want to i want to review that soon yeah, and we'll definitely, and we are going to take a look at Don Brothers, and and just to, um, just to let uh, just to let um, people know, uh, most Sentai's are kind of on our watch radar, except those. I mean, we're probably not going to watch that many in the show era, since a lot of them are. And I say this as someone who's watching a lot of show era Sentai's right now. A lot of them are boring, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, but we'll definitely try to watch a lot of the newer stuff. And Don Brothers is definitely on our radar. So, yeah. Although I do disagree with you saying that uh, wasted potential villains, because the villains in Jetman were some of the were one of the things that really made that show good. So, yeah, I, gotta... I mean, I think, I think that comment's more to talk about Don Brothers rather than Jetman, though. I don't know if that's a true statement, because I haven't seen Don Brothers. I, maybe not that episode one, but... Um, yeah, I haven't watched anything beyond that yet, but I will mm -hmm. at some point. I, I kind of 
I wanted to watch Don Brothers as it was airing, but I also wanted to finish Den Kaiser before I got to Don Brothers. And I never made time for it. So, same on me. Yeah. I think Anthony's seen them both, though. I've seen it all, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's this guy I follow on uh, Instagram called Blaze Toys. He's a pretty cool guy. He's been pretty vocal with his opinion on Don Brothers, where he enjoys it, but he does feel like there's too much filler. So, yeah, we'll just have to see. Um, anyway, moving on to the next comment. Uh, this was left on our uh, very first Geki Ranger video. Sorry that we have to return to uh, that briefly, Riz. Um, um, where this was left by uh, Rafael Navarro. Um, so, quote, for me, John as a character, I like him and I don't mind the onomatopoeia. It's not really that annoying, but maybe again, I would be interested and in maybe something like what backstory on how John grew up in the forest and also maybe he European taken in by my people exploring in the forest at the first time when he was just a kid. So maybe that's not how John, okay, that was a typo. He meant to say Jana learned Japanese along the way, but also maybe he doesn't know the words to describe like patience or just a few things like him being a visual person as the character. And for John, basically we see him finding his version of a family. And for him, since he's never been around people at other people in the show, also for Ron and Retsu, John sees them as their surrogate, practically siblings and shampoo kind of soda as the father. Fi okay. So sorry, bro. There's a little bit of uh, gibberish there, but in general, he's defending John, which, you know what, Riz, I'm going to let you uh, make comments on that, since... Uh, um, no. <laughs> I'm not going to be that mean right now. Yeah, no. This guy was, this guy but, but, was yeah, nice enough to leave us comments. Let's not mean. I'm not, I'm not going to be mean. I'm just going to say, I get what you're coming from. I get Don Griffin DeForest, and I get that he wasn't necessarily the most up-to-date on modern stuff like language and all. I, I get all that. And I respect all that. The thing that makes me dislike John to the degree that I do isn't him being a jungle boy. It's, it's just how irritating and selfish he was during the Gekki Ranger run. And I keep coming back to this one scene, and I'll keep coming back to it for the rest of my life. The scene where they're trying to save Master Safu, and they have to work together, the mind, heart, and body, or whatever, and Zahn just basically gives up immediately, but then still gets the, uh, the audacity after to say, we must save him, but he wouldn't do the one thing that would save his master, according to the Masters. So, he's very immature and very aggravating as a character because he just, he does things that are, I don't know, they just grate on my nerves quite a bit. I hated Zahn as a character. He's one of the worst Reds in my opinion. I know Patrick's going to say any minute from now, wait until we get to Zier Red. I know, I know, but until then, Zahn is the worst. Now, I don't think Patrick can make the case that Geki is worse than John. 
I mean, could you, Patrick? Geki isn't inherently annoying. He's just like the rest of the Super Ranger cast, where he's lacking any distinct personality. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, okay. I would rather have somebody with no personality than have John. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course, that might change by the time we finish Zero Ranger, but we'll see. Uh, there's one last comment here uh, left by the same guy, uh, Rafael Navarro, on our uh, Jungle Fury review just before we uh, did Geki Ranger. Um, basically, just asking us for our thoughts on Power Rangers Hyperforce. Uh, to answer that question, Rafael, I actually did was not keeping up with that when it came on, so I I would like to check it out um, at some point when I get some free time. But for anybody else that's seen it, maybe you guys could give your commentary. So I've seen the first three or four episodes of it when it was first coming out on YouTube, and I really enjoyed it. Um, part of why I liked it is I'm also a tabletop nerd on the side. Like, I'm not super into it, but I do dabble a good bit in tabletop gaming, and I enjoyed that aspect of the series quite a bit. But the story was surprisingly pretty dang good, I, and I love the characters a lot. And there's just something really funny about seeing Paul Stryer 20-plus years later finally becoming a dang ranger. That, to me, was amazing. But, uh, yeah, I haven't finished it yet. I do have an intention to go back and watch it at some point and finish it. But, uh, like I said, I'm really bad at, at time and prioritization and all that. So, yeah, we'll see when I get around to it. But I definitely do have my list of things to do one day. Uh, Patrick, Anthony, did you guys have any comments on that? No, I wanted to watch it when it was still airing, but I couldn't get into the format. That's why I've been begging for them to do like if they wanted to do an animated series for power rangers like they've been it's been rumored a few times and this is what i would have wanted them to do the animated series for to put it oh, into yeah. a little bit more uh, a normal uh consumable piece of media but i've heard nothing but good things about it so i mean so what about you anthony I'm pretty much what Patrick said. Oh, okay. There is one comment that Riz didn't put here, but I do remember somebody leaving it on us. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but it was the guy asking us to review uh, Cho Shinsei Flashman. Uh, whoever you know requested us to do that, uh, that is on our to-do list. I'm pretty sure uh, Riz might have responded to that comment as our Anime Secrets page, but... Uh, Flashman is on our to-do list, and because uh, literally uh, at the very end of uh, last year, um, in like uh, you know um, late November, I was watching Flashman, and uh, I literally blew through it in like less than a week because I like literally just could not put the series down. So it's definitely uh, on our to-do list. We'll definitely be taking a look at Flashman. It's one of two Showa era Sentai's that I think that we're definitely going to be covering. The other being a uh, Live Man. So, yeah. Um, so that's about it. Uh, if you guys, um, just uh, real quick, I mean, you know, feel free to leave your comments down below, guys, uh, on our podcast if you watch this on YouTube, because we will uh, give your comments uh, shout outs. Um, you know, yeah. if we feel like, uh, you know, we will definitely answer your questions. And you can ask us for, you know, our opinions on uh, 
certain things, uh, whether or not we'll review them. Uh, we're doing this to show you guys that we love you and that we're definitely going to take your feedback into account. And also, for those of you that are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes, if you leave us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever, I know they changed their name in the last couple of years and I'm not used to it yet, but we will also read those out. And for those of you all on Spotify, I will probably work on making an email that you guys can email us at with any comments you want. Um, that we, We'll read them out here as well. So probably by our next podcast, I'll have something out there for you guys on Spotify because I know for whatever reason, Spotify doesn't let you all write a review or leave a comment or anything. So I definitely want to give you all an outlet to kind of give us your thoughts and what we're saying and, you know, have a, a dialogue with us. And also, of course, you're all welcome to join our Discord, so definitely hop on over there and hang out with us on Discord. Yep. All right. Let's jump in. Uh, wrap. Um, do you uh, finish up Gridman the Hyper Agent? Everybody else ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. You know that stupid meme? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, I, I'm gonna give a brief. Um, again, uh, not really much happened uh, last time except a really great two-parter, which you know we kind of argued. Uh, well, at least Riz felt that that should have been the finale. But anyway, uh, pretty much, uh, you know, there was an attempt to poison the entire city, and Gridman was defeated, but. You know, thankfully, uh, Yuka and Ipe were able to convince him to go on. Uh, Gridman can now combine with the Dino Dragon to form King Gridman. And uh, God Zinnan has also been revived. And uh, that's about it. Um, so we start off uh, episode 31, The Monster's Mother is a College Girl. Where a college girl named uh, Kirara, um, she finds a floppy disk that... Tekashi meant to use uh, to uh, transfer Khan Digifer somewhere else. And uh, she ends up uh, being connected to Khan Digifer through the floppy disk. And she gets uh, angry at this prank call that she received uh, recently. And she decides to like, um, and she gets corrupted by Khan Digifer to create her own uh, Telebose monster uh, to like, you know, kind of just screw up the phone systems of the city. Uh, the monster is actually a bit more gentle, uh, but he gets corrupted, so this kind of turns into a, into a sort of, like, you know, not-so-evil monster episode, which, yeah, I, j just to kind of start off with, I feel like this episode is, like, really all over the place, because, like, you have the whole floppy disk thing, and, you know, this girl being corrupted by Khan Digifer, you know, and someone other than Tekashi creating their own monster, and then, like, and then they go for, like, the, is, is this monster really that evil? And also, I have to ask, how dumb is this girl? Because, like, how can you not get the idea that Khan Digifer is not someone you should be trusting? Like, with Tekashi, he may be messed up, but... You know, you're a perfectly... You seem like a perfectly rational human being. How... Don't you think there's at least a few red flags about Khan Digifer that shows that you shouldn't be acting all buddy-buddy with this guy? I mean, okay, so we're back in the 90s here. This, this came out in the 90s. 
One of the biggest things that you learned growing up in the 90s is stranger danger, right? Like, yeah. Didn't, didn't that be the first red flag that, hey, the stranger is basically inhabiting my computer monitor, has no physical form, looks kind of evil, but yet he's a nice, sweet person. He wants to be his friend. I don't understand. Yeah. Um, yeah, like Nate was saying, this is a very convoluted episode with a lot of stuff going on. And I don't know. I'm getting kind of tired of these one-off characters that you think could be pretty cool to have come back in a future episode and they never come back again. Yeah. Looking yeah. at the kid with the wheelchair that, you know, right. he was a hacker. He, he could have been really cool to have come back in the endgame arc. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and, missed potential. And like you were saying when we first started this, and it is true that series in the 90s are a lot differently structured than the series we have nowadays. And it's one of those things of just of, of its time more than anything else. Which yeah. It does suck because this series does have the potential to be something like really great, but it's just you know, <laughs> 90s toku writing where it's like very streamlined and kind of simplistic at times. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm probably going to give this episode a four just because it like it's got some cool moments, but it just seems it's just a complete mess. Like one thing I briefly want to mention is that they bring up this plot of like Naoto and Ipe hating each other because they hear stuff hear them saying negative stuff over the phone or something, but they throw that out the door immediately. Like, it wasn't even that major of a plot. So clearly... <laughs> Nato shows up at the junk room, and he was like, what did you say to me, punk? And he was like, yeah, Gridman was just saying we were being screwed with. Oh. <laughs> okay. okay, so on one hand, that just shows how desensitized these kids have become to random stuff just being attributed back to Khan did the first somehow. Yeah, I know. It's like, okay, that makes um, sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Khan did the first? Say no more. We're, we're besties again. I yeah. You. Imagine like, how many episodes of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers would be have their plots resolved if they just immediately figured out, oh, this is one of Lord Zed's plans. All right, yeah, we're cool. We're cool. Yeah. Of course. Or the Raider Bandora's plan or whatever. Yeah. Like, both the, sorry, audio Which drama. And that is that is the thing I like that the series did do is that over time they immediately just like immediately clicked and said, Yeah, this is Tom Digifer doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, okay, I have a question. And this might be a really awkward time to ask it because I should have probably asked this earlier. But when the heck did the com when the heck did Con Digifer become a common name in in the series, like people outside of the three kids know about it, because I feel like it was a sudden jump from nobody knows about it to the oh yeah, dream, the dream episode, dream episode? and the two parter from last time. He made himself okay. aware. <laughs> I feel like the dream episode was a dream though. Like I don't think they actually knew what was going on, right? Well, that's no. It was kind of yes, because that the that two parter we covered last time was kind of meant to be. A loose continuation of that. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're, you're right. 
So it's more yeah, of a question of how is she not more aware of him? <laughs> I mean, that's what I was trying to get to is, you know, it's become very obvious that commonplace, how commonplace condiciverse become, but yet this kid has no idea what she's dealing with, despite yeah. everyone saying, oh, condiciver this, condiciver that, gridman this, gridman that. Like, you see him fighting gridman. How many more red flags do you need? She must not have been paying attention that day. <laughs> no. Not at all. This is another one of those episodes like I said, that I think Cyber Squad might have done a little bit better because the concept of this one was uh, Kilo Khan got corrupted and turned into a good guy temporarily. Oh, that's not bad. I like that. And yeah. he, tra he tracked down Servo's whole base and tried to team up with him for a little bit before he got like shaken back into him nor his normal self mm -hmm. just you don't see the idea of a villain get, being corrupted into a hero type episode too many times so it was it was kind of funny <laughs> well like i said i'd probably give this one a four this episode i'm gonna echo that yeah all right yeah, I'm gonna give it a four too because this is just was like a kind of a throwaway episode. Yeah, yeah. All right, next up we have a attack of the human vacuum cleaner, where uh, Takeshi's latest monster hacks into the computer of a cordless vacuum cleaner and it shrinks people who litter and you know a, a lot of uh, side characters. Um, Tekashi's, uh, this is one of those episodes where Tekashi has a motivation, although in this case, I not only think that it's not too outrageous, but I'm kind of wondering if this episode kind of low-key wants us to be on his side, and I'll explain that in a second. Um, so a guy, a guy is going around throwing gum on the streets, and uh, Tekashi gets his foot stuck in it. And then the guy, and you know, he, and you know, Tekashi kind of looks at the guy and he's like, uh, screw you, why would you just throw your gum on the street? And then the guy beats him up. So. <laughs> but okay. Here, you would find I'm going to echo Anthony's laughter here really quickly and say, <laughs> I was fearing for Homeboy when he beat up on Tekashi. Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I was it's like, again. thank you. Finally, somebody telling this kid he's Freaking insane. Yeah. But here's the thing. At the very end of the episode, uh, the, the same guy throws his gum on the street, and Tekashi, like, walks up, and he's like, hey, if you don't pick up your gum, I'm gonna sick the vacuum cleaner on you again. And then the guy, like, runs away. And there's heartwarming music playing in the background. So, like, am I supposed to be on Tekashi's side in that episode? Because okay. yeah, I'm not. Yeah, the, they, yeah, the, they the tone was like definitely him. weird for this. <laughs> yeah. But like, okay, so here's the thing. This could have been a point in Takasi's favor if the guy hadn't thrown gum on the street and he stepped in it. If he had just seen the guy throw, like, I don't know, a piece of paper on the ground and walk away, and then he got mad, that's one thing. But... He's still acting out of revenge, and he wants to hurt people. That, that's the end game here. He's not worried about the litter. He's not worried that the environment's in danger. He's worried that, oh, this dude threw gum on the ground and my foot got stuck in it. 
Yeah, it's more or less like his own ego was was bruised, and he had to tell him off. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. his that's his primary mo. Is he always looks at how has his emo been <laughs> affected here? That makes you want to bully him even more. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to bully him. Because, I do. I mean, you can. I want to talk about man. bullying in a. Yeah. Well, okay. Like okay. I know. <laughs> growing up, I, I was bullied myself, but I, I, just... I feel like he might be the only one that would say, you know what? Maybe we should be my bullying just for him. I just I love him. how unapologetically you said that too, even though it's messed yeah. up. <laughs> it is messed up. I know it is, but but he but no, he just he just gets him. Yeah. So yeah, boy. I'm gonna give this a five. I'd probably give it a seven. I still found it pretty entertaining. Uh, you know what? I didn't it a six because 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 it just made me laugh. So I'm gonna give it a six. I'm going to give it a five, only because, okay, I didn't get, like, full-on Nin Ninja Lawnmower episode vibes here. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I couldn't help but remember the Lawnmower once or twice in this episode. Nah, I'll, yeah. give it some, I'll give it some brownie points, give it a seven, because I do like, this is one of those episodes where they had to make the three of them take out of the box on how to get Gridman to the fight. It's things on plug. Gridman can't get into it. <laughs> mm -hmm. We gotta plug it in somewhere. Uh, what are you gonna give it, Patrick? About a six or so. Alright, cool. Uh, we move on to uh, anything else you guys want to say about this episode? No, I'm good. Alright, cool. Uh, we can move on to episode 33, another Tekashi. Where um, the gang, uh, so uh, the main gang, uh, they meet a boy who looks just like uh, Takeshi uh, named Takeo. Um, and uh, of course, uh, Takeshi gets really angry for overshadowing him and wants to get revenge on him uh, by using uh, this uh, monster to, like, you know, send the world into a frenzy through wristwatches. Um, we get some flashbacks to uh, Tekashi's past where he was neglected by his parents and he grew up with uh, with like a nanny who loved him, but he was taken away from her. Now, the ending of this episode is very confusing and uh, th this is definitely one episode where the subpar subs were, you know, didn't exactly kind of yeah, uh, kind of yeah. made it confusing. Um, so... Naoto and his friends are out playing basketball and they're waiting for Tekeo to show up. And then Tekeo uh, is um, running over to meet them. And Tekashi tries to uh, like come out of nowhere and stab him with a knife. But, which, okay. <laughs> Anthony, you said he was going to be a school shooter. Well, he's taken one huge step toward doing that now. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, but then, like... He can't do it because he, you know, sees, like, Takeo being, like, this little boy that he used to be before, um, he, you know, his parents took him away. He became mentally unstable. And then Takeo just vanishes, and, I, and the narrator hints that, like, Takeo was, like, a, 
a vision that Takashi had, but then how did Naoto and Ipe and Yuka see him? Like, I don't know. I'm really confused by what the implication was. This was very confusing for me, too. I just assumed that it was the vision of his younger self at the very end. That was the... Yeah. I think this is the beginning of a bigger plot point for Gridman as we go into the endgame arc. Um, Takasi is starting to... I mean, okay, so Takasi from, from day one has shown us he has a lot of mental health problems. But I think this is the first time he is actively hallucinating and having grand delusions of what's going on around him. I don't think Takio existed. I don't think anything that we saw with Takio really happened, except in his mind. Because in every scene you have Takio, Takasi is not too far away. Do you think this whole episode was just him having a hallucination? That would have been kind of tragic if that was actually what was going on here. (laughs) Well, okay, so like we were talking about in the last episode or whatever mm-hmm. they're trying to build they're trying to drum up some support for Takasi as we enter the final arc yeah because you don't want to have a human kid be a villain for the entirety i mean we've seen this before with uh other things that we've all enjoyed together like Digimon o2 ken yeah. was and, yeah really irredeemable for a while but they had to find a way to make him part of the team and so they did a lot of stuff to make him more likable. And they're trying to do the same thing here with Takasi. But the problem is, we're on episode 33 of 39. Yeah. And so there's not enough time for us to really feel anything other than disgust for him because of what we've seen for the 32 episodes prior to this. It, it takes a lot more than a couple episodes here and there loosely kind of hinting at it for us to be like, oh, there, there, Takasi, it's okay. Like, I definitely think this entire episode was... It probably happened. Like, I think the Ritzwatch thing did happen. But I think anytime Takasi is out in the real world near the, the cast, I think those are all delusions with Takio. Oh, yeah. Do you think that the stuff that happened with Takio, do you think that Takashi was the one that was like telling, hey, that 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 watch, you know, take it off or whatever. Do you think that no. was him? Well, no. Man. Because that would imply in the next episode that the group knows Takashi exists and that he knows something about what's going on around him. But so, they have no idea about anything until much later. Yeah, so with how you're describing it, what I'm getting out of this is he's visualizing himself if he didn't have all of his problems come forth, how he would have been with them. Oh, yeah, exactly. He could yeah. have been a friend of Yuka. He could have been a friend with all the other people. Because, I mean, the entire thing he wants is Yuka's love and attention. Mm-hmm. And to finally have Yuka doting after him and talking to him and being friends with him, that's, that's one of his biggest dreams right now. So, yeah, no, I, I think so. 
to see the life that was kind of robbed from him due to un- circuit unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So um so this episode there, kind of here's my 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 somewhat gripe with this episode is the fact that and mind you, I understand that it wasn't um Naruto's fault that this happened. I'm 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 well aware of this. But can we just not make do uncomfortable scenes with uh Yuka, please? Can we just stop making her uncomfortable, please? Yeah. These things are Yeah. And it doesn't get better. <laughs> it doesn't. Cause I get it. It it wasn't his fault, and I and I felt bad he got slapped because of it. Cause, but like, it's like, but whoever directed that and said, "Hey, um, we're gonna need you to do this to her," and I'm like, "Direct them to do that." I I briefly wanted to say this. Uh, unfortunately, I was drinking something when I watched this, and I accidentally uh, laughed so hard that I kind of. Like some came out, but uh, some stuff came out of my mouth. But uh, there's this scene where uh, the gang is meeting a Tekeo for the first time, and they're talking about, "Hey, you look just like this other guy. We don't know his name or something, but you seem like a much better person." <laughs> and then they cut, and then they cut right to Tekeshi. This huge close up of Tekeshi with like this really like <laughs> scowl on his face. I did laugh at that too. Like that was hilarious. I I shouldn't have been drinking when I saw that because that <laughs> that was bad. But yeah, that was hilarious. I loved that scene. Yeah, yeah. This was an entertaining episode overall. Like you know, even if it just you know to take a deeper into the psyche of Tekashi, it's pretty entertaining. I'm actually going to give this a nine out of ten. Yeah, I'm giving it a nine as well because yeah, it it does a good attempt. To give us some insight into Takasi's everything, psyche, mental health, state, everything. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a nine. Yeah, same here. Anthony? Uh, I'm going to give this one a seven. All right. Uh, we are now going to move on to episode 34. Ben K, the bodyguard, arrives, where. Uh, Khan Digifer uses a monster to, uh, to, uh, of his own to uh, hack into a machine that a college has to uh, create a time warp. And he brings a warrior from the past called Binkei to serve as Tekashi's bodyguard. And uh, he starts, uh, go, like, you know, wreaking havoc on the city. Um, this doesn't play much into the plot, but Binkei mistakes uh, Ipe for his superior, uh, Minamoto no Yoshi Yoshitsune. Um, I'm gonna be honest. This uh, I feel like this episode is a huge wasted opportunity because, for starters, Binkei is actually a, a like a real historical figure in Japanese history, and so like, and that's cool because I don't. I don't think I've seen any other Toku series, whether it be in Super Sentai or a Kamen Rider, where they actually bring back a historical figure from the past. You know, I, like I, they don't. Well, they don't actually do it. Technically speaking, 
but they kind of do it in Ghost. Yeah, if you're talking about the thing with the icons, I get what you're yeah. saying, but it it's not like we literally have like someone pretending to be Thomas Edison showing up and giving him like the Edison icon, if you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. Like so yeah, yeah, I knew I kind of thought about that, but so it's a pretty unique premise, but the problem is I don't feel like Gridman is I don't feel like this was right for Gridman because, you see, this is like the one episode, if there's any episode where I would say that Gridman's restrictions with its action scenes work against it, it would be this one. Because like if this was a Super Sentai episode where there's like more than one main hero and the fight scenes could take place literally anywhere... You could have you could make for a much more interesting character with like you know a character like Ben K like maybe he you know like for example you know imagine if like you know this was an episode of Shin Kinger and like you know Ben K comes back and he maybe like you know thinks that Takeru like resembles like one of the previous lords uh, of the of the samurai that maybe he met back in the day or something like that or you know any one of the other Shin Kinders I just feel like. That would have been a more interesting episode because, and they try to do that with him thinking that Ipe is his superior, but they don't do anything with it. So, yeah, I feel like this has an interesting premise, but it's in the wrong series, if you know what I mean. Yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah, this is definitely the wrong show to do something like this in. Yeah, this. This is another one of my gripes with the season being set in the 90s. Like, if this was set in the future, okay, I would have much easier time working with this, but literally they said, hey, Khan did some computer thing to create a time warp to bring Benkei from the past to be Takashi's bodyguard. Like, what What the heck? What? What 90s computer can can do all that like i can't suspend my disbelief here at all for it yeah it's like like it's cool to have binke there but at the end of the day he's just another object that becomes corrupted and gets sent loose on the city so he's not really that interesting unfortunately yeah Again, I mean, if this was in a Super Sentai episode, maybe a Common Rider episode, but I feel like this would have been better suited for Super Sentai than this would have been great. But And I, I want to give it a six because I feel like the concept is interesting, but it's in the wrong show. Yeah. What about you guys? Yeah. Five, I guess. It's just weird <laughs> honestly this was done this plot that they're trying to go for here it reminded me a lot of something I saw on NBC's Heroes back in the early 2000s if you've ever watched that I think anyone Heroes it was kind of like oh the NBC show yeah yeah, uh, there's a somebody. bit where um, the one of the main protagonists, Hiro Nakamaru, uh, teleports to the past to meet the guy 
Sakaze Kensei, who's just some feudal warlord hero from back then. And they bring him to the to the future or to the present, whatever. And it's all the shenanigans that he goes through. But I don't know. Um, it just doesn't fit here at all. Yeah. Yeah, this episode yeah. definitely would have worked better in a show like Shinkenji. It wouldn't have made any sense in that show either, but at least it would have been thematically more fitting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what this would have made sense in, honestly. Yeah, it's an interesting Time Ranger. Concept, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Time Ranger. Yeah, maybe. Time Force, Time Ranger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're going to be taking yeah. a look at Time Ranger at some point soon for those listening back at home, by the way. But, uh, yeah. you guys want to move on to the next episode? Yep. All right, we get uh, episode 35, Yuka becomes delinquent. So in this episode, Tekashi sees how nice Yuka is to Naoto and Ipe. He gets angry because Yuka is apparently nice to everyone but him. So he hacks into her hairdryer, and it releases this powerful fume that turns her into a bad girl. So she's, like, wearing leather, and, like, you know, she dyes her hair blonde and everything, uh... Okay, Riz, I'm going to steal your thunder a little bit here. Uh, this episode is much more entertaining than the last episode where one of our main characters got turned into a delinquent. I'm uh, talking about Geki Ranger here. I know what you're talking about. I was going to start commenting on that, but you stole my thunder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody else other than you should take jabs at Geki Ranger every once in a while. Oh, well, here, let me help you out. Geki Ranger sucks. Okay, thanks. <laughs> there it is. Uh, it's pretty yeah. interesting. No, no I ahead, honestly I like this episode a lot more than Geki Ranger. Um because this was it was actually entertaining watching Yuka be a bad girl for once. Well, because we actually know that the kind of character that Yuka is, as opposed to we don't really know much about Ron, so it's, Who is Ron again? I don't know. I really don't. Yeah, I have no idea who Ron or Retsu are. Plus the that moment where Naoto's mom got hit by the beam was hilarious. <laughs> okay, that was very Madonna vibe. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> there's this, but there's that part where Daiichi enters the room and she kind of looks like a dominatrix with like a whip and everything. Like, yeah, yeah that was a little awkward. <laughs> yeah, was a little awkward. <laughs> I, I thought it was, that was the dad walking in. Go dad, but <laughs> for the seven year old son, um. Yeah, but they get, but to the episode's credit, they tried to take a more comedic route with that scene instead of making it creepy. So yeah, I'll, I'll they, give them that. They didn't go down that route. No, they didn't. But it was really, it was still really funny. Um, also, yeah. I love the scene where those two guys pick up Yuka to go to the arcade, and she basically runs them dry, spends <laughs> all their money on games, and then. Gets in a fight with a police officer. That was great. It's one of the more interesting virus monsters, too, because he was throwing a goddamn rave party <laughs> in the Sinsanity. Yeah. <laughs> I legitimately he forgot completely about this monster from... Because I don't remember this guy in Cyber Squad at all. So I was completely thrown off by this guy. Yeah, I think this episode, it's not groundbreaking, but I was entertained. I'm probably going to give it an 8 out of 10. 
I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten as well. Yeah, seven. Just because it's. I'm gonna give it a seven too. It, it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Did you have anything you wanted to say, Anthony? Or. Oh uh, no! The, the fact that yeah, like she, she definitely was giving Madonna vibes when I was like watching the. the, the <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, we got a. Episode 36, A Baby Given a Birth, where, uh, um, so pretty much there's a mall that has introduced a new security, a new mall that's introduced like a state-of-the-art security system. Uh, Tekashi gets, uh, you know, um, Tekashi, you know, apparently decides to take a challenge when it said that no one can hack into it. He says, well, I can. So he hacks into it. And uh, Yuka and her pregnant cousin get trapped in an elevator with no ventilation. Uh, yeah, it's a, th- there's not much to talk about with this episode. I mean, it's um, a pretty... I don't know. I mean, even Tekashi's motivation. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's not... It, this isn't like... I don't know. You can't even laugh at Takeshi for how crazy he is with this motivation. It's just a typical, like, oh, you think I can't hack into it? Well, I'll show you I can. So, yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's it's standard as standard could be. Yeah, it's super average, and just Takashi trying to show he's smart again, which we get it. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know. People, main characters getting trapped in an elevator also feels like a huge cliche in Toku shows. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this, this nothing about this episode really stands out. It's not great, but it's not bad. Like. I, I, I'm just going to give it a five. Yeah, yeah I'm going to give it a five, that. too. Uh, Anthony? I'm going to give it a five as well. Cool. All right, we got one more episode before we uh, move into the... Uh, move into uh, what's basically a two-part finale. Uh, this episode is called What is Daddy Executed? Where... Uh, so, Okay. We're back to Tekashi having some outrageous motivation. So he gets caught peeing on a tree in public by a cop, and he gets in trouble for it. And he goes and complains to Khan Digifer about laws. And Khan Digifer says, okay, I'm going to create my own laws. So he, so a new monster acts into, yeah, go ahead. So the point about this episode is about that. <laughs> When I was, was, was like reading the subtitles, he was like, "Conjurer <laughs> was like, I am the law," and I'm just, I'm just thinking of um that movie. What was it? Uh, the Judge Dredd movie with freaking uh, Sylvester Stallone. I was thinking like, "I am the law." <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, was- oh yeah, um, so. The monster hacks into the Ministry of Justice and creates Khan Digifer's own constitution, and the local police are brainwashed into serving it, and Nawato's dad gets caught in the crossfire when he gets arrested, and they're about to give him the chair. Um, you know, I have to ask, like, the the whole thing, like, I'm a little confused with, like, you know, why on, like, why they... Ar- so, they imply that Naoto's dad gets arrested because he was supposedly speeding, even though somebody else was speeding. But, like, why would Khan Digifer want the cops to arrest someone for speeding? Because in a later part of the episode, 
the police reward this woman for shoplifting. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah. so wouldn't it be good for people to be speeding? Because that's spreading chaos or something? Like, that part really confused me. Yeah, I kind of had the same question, but I kind of forgot it until right now. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I... No, go ahead, Bruce. This was a very toku episode, like, and very common Gridman plot. Like, nothing super groundbreaking happened here. I think the only thing that really... I, the thing I wish would have happened at the end was this being the catalyst for Yuka and the rest of the group to say, enough is enough. We're taking the fight to Kondidza for himself. Yeah. yeah. Because up until now, they've been very reactive to everything that happens. Like when Kondidza versus a monster, they go and fight it. But they haven't really tried to investigate where Condicifer is, how can they destroy him, how can they defeat him for good? This could have been the thing that said, okay, I almost lost my pregnant cousin. Let me actually put an end to this once and for all because I can't guarantee next time. Exactly, that would require actual motivation. Yeah. I almost just think that they had no idea even to start looking for him. So... Yeah. Well, I mean... The thing with episode 37, though, is Khan Digifer is stupid, broken OP. <laughs> yeah, he like, is. The fact that he can just, out of the blue, create his own constitution. Okay, that's fine. We can all write our own constitution. But then brainwash the police to follow this constitution. Dude, he's too OP. How do you beat somebody like that? Right. Like, okay, if, if he's that OP and that broken, then could Gridman have some similar powers to be like, hey, I can't tell you exactly where his home base is, but it's in this precinct, or it's in this neighborhood, or it's in this building. Go, go investigate. Do something. Do but something! They literally don't. Well, I mean, in, to like kind of in the defense of that, they don't know where uh, Takashi and Kondo uh, don't know where Gridman set a base either, and they never try to go right. And they try to lure him out instead. So I guess it's like they but, don't but they don't have that power. <laughs> but at least they're taking the initiative to try and defeat their enemy. But the kids have no inkling of we have an enemy we must actually defeat them and end this once and for all it's just oh let's stop this thing from happening and let's move on with our lives like i don't, I don't know it, it kind of they could have done a lot here honestly with the story and i think they would have this is written like in modern time and i feel like some of those complaints you're gonna have We'll kind of get get a uh, addressed when we talk about quad s. Yeah, <clears throat> that's what I'm hoping. 
because um, it's because Quad S. I've said this a handful of times. It's meant to be an homage to the show and kind of a a modernization slash loose sequel to this. Yeah. No, but I think there's a lot of things you could have done here to make the end game even more interesting. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm not going to debate that because you're not wrong. I know I'm not. <laughs> and there's there's something that I like about this episode, but it's also a problem that I have. But I I can't mention it until we talk about the finale. So I'll I'll hold back on that. Okay. Um, I'm pro I'm probably going to give this one a seven though, just the individual episode. Yeah, I'm going to go to seven here. Yeah, same here. Just because Naruto's dad is too entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to give this one also a seven. All right, cool. Uh, we'll now move on to the uh, two-part finale, um, episode 38, The Earth in Danger. So uh, as this episode starts, uh, we already have this uh, one plan from Khan Digifer um, <clears throat> already in place where he's hacked into the garbage incinerator that, um, you know, trying to throw the world into chaos when it becomes overwhelmed with trash. But then... Tekashi gets angry when Yuka won't take a mask that he offers to protect her from the bad smell. And when she won't take it, he decides to release the monster's poisonous gas on the human world. Uh, of course, Gridman defeats it, and Khan Gijifer decides, okay, you're too emotional, I can't, I can't rely on you anymore. So he goes rogue and decides to attack the computer world himself, which causes a dark cloud to pretty much uh, form over the city. Uh, Takashi reveals to the crew that he had been working with Khan Digifer the whole time, and, uh, and um, you know, Ipe tries to get him to, tries to get to uh, Takashi's computer so that they can turn it off to stop Khan Digifer, but of course they can't. <clears throat> and uh, Gridman fights Khan Digifer himself, but he's forced to retreat when Junk nearly crashes because of all the power that's being used. And uh, Khan Digifer prepares to make his next move, which uh, moves us to episode 39, Goodbye Gridman, where um, the crew uh, lures. So pretty much uh, most of this episode is Takashi trying to come to terms with what he did. Uh, the crew lures uh, Khan Digifer into junk to battle Gridman. Um, uh, Khan Digifer basically destroys a lot of uh, Gridman's assist weapons, and they try to use this arrest program on him, but uh, to like you know kind of a uh, contain him, but it fails. And uh, Khan Digifer's ultimate plan is to use Tekashi's computer to enter the human world. And Takashi, deciding that Khan Digifer is a monster created by his lonely heart, uh, uses junk to erase all the data. He basically hacks into his own computer and deletes all the data um, and also uses uh, this destruction program to basically uh, try to use it to destroy it, both to crash his own computer, which would destroy Khan Digifer in the process, uh, Gridman defeats Khan Digifer just before Tekashi's computer crumbles. Khan Digifer is defeated. Gridman uh, bids farewell to the uh, to Naoto and the crew and departs to the hyperworld. And as the credits roll with the 
um, ending theme song, uh, Tekashi and uh, the crew decide to be friends, and everyone thinks Gridman as the sunset, and that is the end of the series. Um, yeah, anybody, uh, you know, Patrick, uh, Patrick said that he was kind of worried how we would feel about uh, Tekashi's little redemption story, so I'm actually going to let the other guys uh, talk about what they thought first. Go ahead, guys. Anthony, paper, rock, scissors. Yeah, you want to go first with me, or, or should I? I think I have to go first because I'm the one that's known for rant. Oh yeah, go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, I hated this finale <laughs> <laughs> because for the entire entirety of the season, minus one episode. No, two episodes. Out of 39 episodes, only two episodes are meant to make us feel anything but disgust and hate for Toxie. And those two episodes literally just happened in this batch of things we reviewed. We have no motivation to like him! Okay, cool. He kind of, sort of, flip-flop back and forth throughout the last episode. Like, on one hand, he's like, Mr. Khan Dejifer will destroy you. Ha ha ha. I will uh, be victorious in the end. And next thing he's like, I must help you. I must be your friend now. But then he flip-flops back to being, ha ha ha. Khan Dejifer is going to rule you all. Get ready to be wrecked, nerd. So, like, he's not consistent at the end. He literally has no... Empathy for what he's done. He spends most of the episode going, Yuka, I love you. Let's talk. I want to be your friend. Please love me. I can feel your love. And Ippie is like, what love? What love are you talking about? He literally doesn't love you. He's just trying to be nice because we're trying to make you help us stop Condensifer. That's all we care about right now is stopping this. Because guess what? Our world's going to end if we don't stop him. Like, like nothing, nothing you do will end in your life even progressing. You're going to die with us. So, like, no, this entire, at the end when Gridman is, like, saying the four of you are going to be friends, now I'm like, oh, don't be friends! He should go to jail. He should atone for his crimes. He hurt people. But no, if it's just like, yo, we're cool, man. Just don't do anything like that again. He's like, don't talk to me like that. I want to call a condenser. I'm like, look, there, that. He's not sincere. He's going to do it again one day. Watch. Sequel time. Sequel time. Like, <laughs> I hated it. I hated it. Well, no, it's funny. There was a sequel season planned. Was it going to be Takasi round two? Okay, so Takasi going to be a good guy. So this this was going to be the plan. There was going to be a show called Gridman Sigma that was supposed to be like a direct sequel to the show. Um, it it got pretty far into production too because they actually made the suit and it was being used in promotional material and stuff. You can actually go look up the costume. It's basically Gridman's base suit, but 
the red parts are blue. He oh, has dude, red... it's a really cool suit. Yeah, red boots, and he has wings on his head. Yeah. Um, that was going to be, and he's and canonically he was supposed to be Gridman's younger brother. Um, and he was supposed to show up. I think the show was supposed to take place like three or four years after the ending of this show mm-hmm. to track to track down a villain called, and we'll get used to this name, Alexis Carob. <laughs> Uh, Anthony, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he was supposed to track down that guy. And when he came to Earth, he got called in by Takashi the same way that Grimmie got called in by Naoto because he was attracted to Takashi's uh, urge to redeem himself from what he did with Condigifer and was supposed to be a whole show of him trying to redeem himself by saving another kid who fell to the same trap he did. But the show got cancelled some way into production, and ultimately, most of those story elements got reused for Quad-Ass Gridman. But you don't have Takashi, do you? No. Takashi is nowhere in Quad-Ass, sadly. So, so here's my response to all that, Pat. The reason it got canceled is because the creator heard my rant a couple of <laughs> months ago. Do space and time. they went back in time and told themselves to not do it. Wait, Scott. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, but reading the Wikipedia on Gridman Sigma, I don't know. This this could have been cool if Hyper Agent had been more able to make us feel anything for Takasi ra- other than ugh, hatred. I mean, I would have liked to have seen where that show, what that show could have done with him, though. I mean, they might have been able to redeem him. Don't get me wrong; it could have happened because it's happened in other things where person does lots of bad stuff at the, but at the end they become one of the good guys. And then they kind of become like a, either they become a secondary hero or they become an anti-hero like Vegeta. Yeah. So it could happen, but okay. So I can don't I know. Tag okay, it's your turn. Tag in. Okay. Yeah, I don't like this. I don't like the finale either. Like seriously, like this. Too. They try to like cram in too much, too like too late, and it's like. We could have been got stories on this like sooner, but they just kept doing episodes of other stuff happening in night. Like, you know what I'm saying? It it honestly and like the whole thing about Takashi being all good all of a sudden, I was just like, he got off way too easy, honestly. Like sure, yeah, yeah sure, you just slapped him. Yeah, Ipe like you know punched him, whatever. But it's like. That's it. Like he's not gonna cut some customers' actions. He's not gonna like, you know. And how do we know he's not gonna sit there and like do this again or like get? Because you do, we do remember that this guy is prone to getting upset over the stupidest of things. So it's like, oh, what is gonna have an argument with Takashi? And then what he's gonna like go become like, oh, I have to get them back or whatever. Like I don't know what he's gonna do next. The problem is 
the main cast have no idea about his personality traits with how yep. petty he can be. Mm-hmm. So they don't know what to do, basically. Yeah, and that is... And had he interacted with them more, like, this probably... They probably would have, like, at least known something about him. Like, oh, that's something, something seems off about him, like... Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's kind of ironic how between the three uh, Gridman-related shows that I've seen, uh, between this Cyber Squad and Quad S, this is the one that handles the villains the worst. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cause, cause, in Quad S, it's completely different in Quad S. Like, yeah, Ak- Akane and Alexis Carib. There's a lot more baggage there, and yeah, in uh, Cyber Squad, Malcolm and Kilocon's relationship is very twisted and sadistic. <laughs> and there are a lot they have a lot more screen time and moments to shine as characters on top of everything else which like this show kind of needed something like that where they delved more into Takashi as a person and Kondigifer needed to be more than just a girl make monster type of villain which yeah. Kilocon specifically probably because they got Tim Curry and they wanted to use him had way more screen time and a lot more of a personality um, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll agree with this. Like, I still like the ending personally, just because I, I, I just like the, uh, the idea of, uh, Condigifer saying, okay, well, I've learned everything about the human world through you that I need to. It's time for me to put my foot down and do this myself. And I, I was holding my tongue on this when we were talking about like best fights in Sentai, because this isn't a Sentai season, but this is probably my favorite. Fighting all of Tokusatsu, uh, yeah, Green it's Man. Pretty, it's a really good fight. Yeah, it's it's my favorite fight in all of Tokusatsu. So, watching this fight again kind of got my uh, energy flowing again. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's it's definitely not a strong ending. But I still enjoy it for what it is. Just like I enjoy this whole I mean, show for what it is. I, I am... sorry, go Riz, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I think something that kind of, like, I think the finale was decent, but I really wish that there was a moment where Naoto's family kind of finds out that he's Gridman, and the reason why literally relates to the previous episode. Keep in mind, the previous episode before the finale, it ends with Naoto looking like a cold-hearted jerk who doesn't care about his family because he supposedly ran off while his dad is about to get executed. So, and we have a lot of episodes where he kind of looks like he doesn't care about his family when he really does. And I love how that dilemma is shown, but I would have liked to see Naoto kind of have a better relationship with his family once they find out that he didn't actually intentionally do that stuff. It's like, you know, when Mary Jane finds out that Peter is Spider-Man, in uh, Spider-Man 2. I mean, I know Patrick has issues with the Sam Raimi movies, but like, that's basic stuff. <laughs> like, you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it's yeah. It, and it goes back to that whole uh, uh, thing I was going on in the first review ser- uh, video for this series, is that the similarities between Naoto and Gridman and Pete as Spider-Man kind of rings true throughout this whole show of 
you know, him trying to do the hero work to keep his personal life safe, but having to make sacrifices in his personal life to make it happen. It's a fun dynamic, but the payoff of someone finding out who he is adds another layer to it all. And this show definitely missed that chance. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Because that is some of the best Spider-Man moments when when someone finds out who he is and how they react to it. So to have like his parents or his brother or something be like, oh, <laughs> and then vouches for him when he has to run off because they know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it definitely missed it, and I didn't catch on to that until this uh, rewatch through. But yeah, it's so really. Cool. Could have used something like that. Yeah, it it definitely could have. I'd probably give the finale a seven out of ten, though. I'll give it an eight because I do genuinely enjoy it, flaws and everything. I'm gonna give this a six for finale. Well, that's better than. Better than five. Uh, <laughs> well, I was going to go a lot lower, honestly, because I didn't like Takatsu's redemption here. But the Gridman fight scene against Han Dezipher has to count for something. I have to agree with him on that. I, was, I wasn't give it like give like a five, but you know what? I'll give it a five. I'll give it a five. Five point five. Uh, you know. I was waiting for you to say some random number like 5.72789 or some, whatever. <laughs> I, am like, I, am like now, I need to get my opinions very specific here. Yeah. 5.8326665. Five no. <laughs> like, what? No, okay. So, like, the thing is, I, I, I enjoyed Gridman for what it is. Like, how you said, Patrick. It, yeah. It was a fun ride. I'm glad we did this. Um, I just wish, truly wish, we had done Gridman, like, it had come out in the last four or five years. Because then we wouldn't be reliant on weird-ass plots like, let me hack the blow dryer, let me hack this random vacuum cleaner. Like, this isn't stuff that can feasibly happen, so my suspension of disbelief is gone here. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, one of those shows that even when I watched it the first time, which was about what five years ago now, mm-hmm. I thought that it's a good show, but it was it came out at the wrong time. Like if this show had came out like in maybe two thousand five or something, it probably would have done a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's yeah. around the that's around the time when uh, Sentai and Kamen Rider started to get a little bit more in depth with their storytelling, and I'm assuming Ultraman was the same way. And it really would have helped because there is there is a foundation here for something really good, but yeah, the era of the writing held it back significantly. I mean, but, the same thing is true for a lot of the other stuff from that era. Like, it's just not yeah. written well. Yeah, like. Jetman and uh, Die Ranger, Zoo Ranger, uh, probably like 
because Gavin and some of those other metal heroes were premiering at this time. Yeah. And like probably the only thing from this era specifically that I thought had really good in-depth story telling was a Kaku Ranger, but that was like what the year after this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's I can't fault the show too much because that's just how Tokusatsu was at the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and that's why I'm being more lenient, it's because I know what we're dealing with, what the era is. Yeah. And honestly, I think looking back at it in a bit more of a meta contextual sense for Tokyo Secrets, mm-hmm. had I not seen Jetman prior to this, you would have hated the show. My <laughs> opinion might be a little bit lower of the show. Yeah. I wouldn't have hated it. Because, mind you, despite everything, I had fun watching some of these episodes. I did too. But, but the, the fact that I had a taste of stuff from this era prior to this kind of helped me temper my expectation. Mm-hmm. Because the problem that I had with Jetman was that Nate and you were kind of hyping it up like, oh no, Riz, here's the thing that's going to make you love the Sentai more than any other Sentai. I'm like, all right, bring it on. I'm like, wait. This isn't that great, guys. What are y'all on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anthony, you're laughing, but you did worse with Geki Ranger, dang it. Look, look, man. Look. <laughs> I like the fighting, okay? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Pat and I had the right uh, take here for the force where we did. They kind of go off of my opinion is probably the same as Riz. Like, I I, I really like the fight scenes of Gridman. I I mean, we don't really have to go into much of a deep conversation about the main three characters because I mean they're not deep, but they're pretty easy to get behind. They're really great characters, and it's very entertaining. What I call this a must see Toku series, maybe maybe probably not, but it but. I enjoyed it for what it is, and to be honest, I might even watch it again at some point. Like, I, uh, I, I honestly, I I would disagree there, Nate. I would say this is part of the Tokusatsu must see at least once in your lifetime if you're a devout Toku fan. Especially because the show does have ties to Western Tokusatsu. Yeah, with it I, being well, the not, only Ultraman right. show to get the Power Rangers treatment. Well, not only that, but also this has a modern anime that people love. Yes. So it's nice to see the roots of where it came from, and I'm more excited now to see Quad S next week. Um, because that's our next review we're going to do is Quad S Gridman. Yep. So this kind of opens the door for me to get into that, and then maybe Dino... Dino? Dino Xenon. Dino yeah. Xenon. Whenever we eventually... That. Yeah, it's it's kind of meant to be a combination of, of Dino Dragon and God Zenon's name. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> and then there's, you know, and the thing that I'm really excited about for, like, Quad S and the other properties within the Gridman universe that I'm reading about here, these are done by Studio Trigger. Yes. And I have nothing but love and respect for Studio Trigger because they made some of my favorite anime of all time. Like, they made Gurren Lagann, they made Kill La Kill, um, both of which are some of my favorite anime. Um, they also made other stuff that I'm vaguely familiar with, like Darling and the Franks. I haven't watched it all, but I've seen a good bit of it. Um, 
Little Witch Academia. So they they have a lot of good accolades to their name. Yeah. So and, and it's and to kind of hype you up even more for it, they did this show because most of the people who work for Studio Trigger, at least right now, grew up to be grew up fans of this show, and yeah. to try to incentivize. Uh, Subaraya to allow them to do Quad S, they did this three, four minute long video called uh, Gridman Boys Invent Great Hero, and it's kind of meant to be a cool uh, homage to not only Gridman Sigma, because they show Takashi changing into him during that video, but they basically reanimated key moments from uh, Gridman in their style that they used to animate Quad S Gridman. And uh, Super I ended up liking it enough that they greenlit Quad S. And Quad S is meant to be an in-studio love letter to this show. Yeah. So, yeah, Quad S is, I would say, a vast improvement over this in a handful of ways. But... That's that's a whole video we're gonna be talking about next week. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll let you two now, see that for yourself. Now, something to note um, about our next podcast when we talk about Quad S Gridman, this will be a crossover podcast between Tokyo Secrets and Animated Classified, meaning we're gonna post it to both our podcast feeds for that one uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcast, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Just because. This kind of hits both our interest here on what we do with anime secrets. Worlds collide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this will be a crossover event. I might even try and convince like Miguel or somebody to watch it as well and join us for that. That'd be yeah. cool to have like a full on crossover. And then I would have yeah. to explain what happens in this show to them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we uh, do that, um, what would we give like Gridman as a total show out of ten? I'm personally gonna give it a seven. Everybody else? I'm thinking I, I'm going to give it an eight just because on top of everything that we've already discussed, I love how grounded this show is compared to like every other Tokusatsu show we've seen. Mm-hmm. And I I can relate more to these characters and yeah, they're not in in depth when it comes to their writing, but they're people that I can actually believe are real. And I think aesthetically, this is one of the best Toku shows ever with it not being in some barren gravelly canyon or something. It's in this very colorful cyberspace. I think Gridman, Kondigifer, and all of them, uh, support forms and Gridman's two alternate forms are some of the best design stuff in Toku, at least to me. So just aesthetically, it's a fun show to look at. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's just a, it's it's a personal favorite of mine, obviously. <laughs> and I'm glad I recommended us to sit down and watch this because it's yeah. it being well received by you guys. I, I'm I'm happy because I was genuinely nervous about your opinions going into this. You thought I was gonna hate Takashi, didn't you? Well, I knew you guys were going to hate him. It was the rest of the show I was worried about. <laughs> no, I, I'm glad we weren't on this ride. Um, I think I'm going to give this a 7.5. It would have been an 8 for me, honestly, Pat, but 
the finale, I, I can't overlook some of that stuff. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, I, I can't also give it an 8 either. Like, I can only give it a 7. All right. Um, some brief announcements um, <clears throat> before we uh, wrap everything up. Uh, as the gang just uh, said, uh, we're going to be taking a look at the uh, anime that followed up Great Man called Quad S Great Man. Um, it, it's only 12 episodes, so we're just going to do an entire video dedicated to that one show. Um, just to give a bit of a preview for uh, what we're going to be reviewing over the course of a... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, probably the good chunk of a 2023. Uh, it is March as we're recording this. Um, so uh, our next Sentai that we're going to be taking a look at is uh, Kiryu Sentai G-Ranger. But before we do that, we're actually going to be uh, doing a full season review of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Season 1, seeing as that was adapted into G-Ranger. Um, so we might, uh, we might take a little bit of time to do that, since most people are probably aware of Season 1 of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is 60 episodes long. So we got quite a bit to watch there. Um, after that, we're going to be uh, reviewing the first two seasons of the Power Rangers audio drama, something that Riz and Anthony have been talking pretty highly of these last couple of weeks. Um, then we're going to be doing Time Ranger. And after Time Ranger, we'll be doing... Uh, well, pretty much after that, we want to watch a lot of the Sentai written by... Who, I, who, in my opinion, is the best Sentai writer of all time, Yasuko Kobayashi. So after we do Time Ranger, then we're going to do Go Busters, and then Ginga Man after that. So we Yay. hope you guys will... <laughs> yeah, we're, ho we're hoping to at least be on Time Ranger by the summer in August. So hopefully we can get all this stuff done by 2023. But we definitely yeah. have some big plans, and we're definitely mm -hmm. going to um, be continuing to bring you this work... Uh, you know, pretty much uh, for a very long time, we're definitely enjoying this. But with that being and said, it also we're going to be covering the Once and Always movie next month when it comes out. Oh, yes. Um, and then when Cosmic Fury drops in the in the fall or whatever, we'll be covering Cosmic Fury as well. Do we want to do the Legend of the White Dragon thing when it hits theaters? Hell yeah! Wait, that's oh, going yeah. into that's going into theaters. You didn't hear the news. No, I just knew it was Dude, coming out. I didn't hear the theatrical. It's going to be in. It's a major <clears throat> theatrical release now on Jason David Frank's birthday. Oh, oh wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, hmm. I think it's on Labor Day weekend or something. I'll think about it. I might. I've been kind of hesitant to go to the theater since the pandemic started, so I might. If if I get a clean shot too, I might go see it. I'm going to go see it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, we, sorry, Riz. I was going to say, yeah, I'm pretty excited for this year. We have a lot of great stuff we're going to be watching and reviewing. We also got King Odes there we're going to be doing uh, every four or five episodes of. Yep. Well, that said, though, uh, we thank you guys so much for joining us with Gridman. We're not quite finished with it yet since we are still, we're still going to do one more podcast with Quad S Gridman. Uh, we thank you guys so much for taking a look at this. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like this video. Subscribe to our channel if you're not already subscribed. We also want to uh, thank everybody who listens to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We love all you guys. And like we made clear at the beginning of this podcast, if you have any comments or uh, anything that you want us to give personal shout-outs to at the beginning of these podcasts, we are officially doing that now. So your commentary will get personal shout-outs. We love you guys, and we want to give you guys that personal recognition. So fire away. Uh, 
If uh, please check us out at our main website, AnimeSecrets.org, and check us out on our social media pages on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and all those other pages. Next time we will be wrapping up Gridman as we take a look at the Gridman anime Quad S. But until that time, guys, we will see you later. Be safe, and we love you guys.